You are listening to Master Coaching with Ajit, a podcast that inspires coaches to impact lives of their clients more meaningfully. I am Coach Ajit, and I'm known for coaching high performers, entrepreneurs, and leaders. I'm also a serial entrepreneur and author of many books. On this podcast, I am answering your burning questions. I'm also demonstrating and deconstructing behind-the-scenes coaching sessions. Hello there, Master Coaches. Today's topic is inspired by a lot of conversations I've had with friends and clients. A lot of data that recently was present to me and I was like, damn, is that really the truth about the world that we live in right now? And I wondered if that was something that coaches are consistently coaching on and is something that is being really present to commonplace, especially in the world of life coaching. And so I asked my fellow coaches and I asked, hey, are you really finding a lot of clients coming into you saying, I really can use some love in my life. I could really use a partner in my life. I am really struggling to find the right partner in my life. And the answer was overwhelmingly yes, (laughs) that there are a lot of people that currently are struggling to find a relationship in their life, to find love in their life. And This is a phenomenon that has been happening for a period of time. I was just looking up some data to kind of see how we have evolved as society. And this is some of the numbers that I found. One of the key numbers is right now, if you look at the number or the percentage of men that are over 40, that are single, that are not married, the percentage is 25%. This percentage used to be 6% only 40 years ago in 1980. So one generation ago, we were about 6% single men over the age of 40. Today, that 25% of men over 40 are single. They're not married. And the number is not much different for women. 22% of women report to be single over 40, that they're not in a relationship, that they have never been married or have not been married right now. Very interestingly, and one may say, that's about marriage. We just don't get married right now. You know, we're just not, you know, in that stage of life where we associate with the term marriage. And so we're just not getting married enough. So I found this other data. Again, these are all data from Pew Research. It's a research organization. And they found that one in four Americans right now are unpartnered, which means they're either not married, they're either not in a relationship. They're either not in a living relationship. So so they're not in any kind of relationship. They do not have a partner. Doesn't matter their orientation. Doesn't matter their gender. One in four Americans are single. One in four Americans do not have someone that they would call a loved one. That is 25% of America or 25% of qualified America. And that is an interesting data point. Now, I know society has evolved and our definition of love has changed and so forth. But if I had to really ask a real question to you as a coach, just being very real right now, don't you think love matters? Don't you think that your best version really comes through when you find someone that loves you? When you are with someone that truly supports you as your cheerleader, don't you feel different when you have a love relationship in your life? If I was to look at qualitative data from my clients, I can most certainly say that if you have a love relationship in your life, your overall life gets better. Your overall experience and quality of life gets better. When you have a love relationship in your life, there is a sense of certainty and stability for men that shows up. There is a sense of comfort and relaxation in their life shows up for women. Qualitatively, I've seen when a person settles into a love relationship, 
not the new love, the settled love where it's two, three years into a relationship where they really know each other, they've really said yes to each other, the person's dramatically shifts. You start to make more money. You start to live healthier. You are cleaner. You are more certain. You're more confident. You're making the big moves. I've seen it consistently. When my clients find the right partner, their lives upgrade consistently and significantly, which is why I'm a big advocate of relationships. Not only relationships that are short-term, something that's a quick fling, but a relationship that is a lasting relationship. Relationship that is long-term, where the person has committed to the other person for an extended period of time. Now, I can't say if these relationships need to be lifetime, because I don't know that part, but I know they need to be long-term. And by long-term, it means the relationship must be at least 10 years for it to fully mature into a relationship that can empower both the parties equally, consistently, and significantly. So my advocacy for today is that I believe we as society need to, and we as coaches playing a role in the society need to start to wonder how we can support our clients, how we can support our clients find love. How is it that we can help our clients that are looking for love to really be able to navigate this nuanced world that we live in right now and help them really find that cherished love that they really are seeking anyways. So today's episode is dedicated to the love coaches out there, the relationship coaches out there, the life coaches out there that are helping someone find that loved one in their life. Now, I have a real special place for love and real special place for finding someone that really matters and is in with me for the long run. And I attribute much of my success to my love partner that I found after I ended one long-term relationship where that relationship wasn't serving me at all and it felt like I was giving mostly in that relationship. And then I found this person. Her name's Nita. And we're married now. We have two little ones together. But when I was single after my first relationship, I thought that was it. I really did believe that I am better served being single. I was someone who was enjoying the benefits of being single, of going around the world and meeting interesting people, interesting women, doing interesting things that were very short-lived. There was no sense of commitment. There was no sense of longevity to it. There was a lot of fun, but there was no sense of me really pouring myself into someone and somebody pouring themselves into me and us building something together. Until one partner came along that really felt like that I wanted to have a long-term relationship with. But to get to that place, to find that place where I would even attract such a person, it was a multi-step process. The first realization I had was short-term relationships are a lot of fun. And that's about it. <laughs> there was nothing more to a short-term relationship than a lot of fun. And fun that was pretty empty because I knew those relationships won't last. So there was no real commitment I was making and there was no real commitment the person I was with was making. Both of us were only there for that short dance that we would have right now. And then we would never really see each other after that. Or even if we would, we would see each other as a friend or just another fling for another night. And that is something that left me empty night after night, that left me unsatisfied night after night, that left me unfulfilled light night after night. Because I knew that these relationships were not relationships. These were short-term engagements, which brought my attention to some questions that really helped me understand how I would have somebody come into my life. And I want to share this with you because first, of course, I tested this out for myself and it beautifully worked. But then every time I meet a single friend or a single person that is looking for love, again, I'm not forcing anybody to do this, but 
often when I meet individuals that are single or are newly single or are individuals that have lost uh, faith in being able to find love, I try and take them through these exercises. And I want to share them with you because you can do these exercises with your clients as well. The first thing that I found is to really get curious about what is the problem that the person may be experiencing when they're single? What is really happening? So first thing that I found was that most of the time when you are looking for a relationship, you were just looking for somebody to accidentally bump into you. You're just hoping it was a big Bollywood movie where you all walk in through the door and the person from across the room will look into your eyes and you'll look into their eyes and it will be instant love. It's a blessing if that happens and it's very rare that that happens. And if it does happen, often I wonder if that was really love or it's only lust and attraction. It will last for a short period of time. In my experience, and I know this might be a little controversial, but every single time I've seen a man say, oh, I just looked into her eyes and I was in love with her. Often I've found that that relationship doesn't last. <laughs> and so that relationship that you're hoping for that just happens because you look into each other's eye, I would wonder A, if it would ever happen and B, if that is really love, that's just pure attraction. So the first question that I decided to ask myself and that I ask my clients now is, if I were to put yourself in the place of your ideal partner, the partner you're trying to attract, what would they want from me? What would be the characteristics that would be appealing to them? See, there is a version of me that is available right now. And there's a version of me that is to be revealed. There's a person I'm becoming at all points. We all know that we evolve as human beings. And sometimes when there is no reason to evolve, we do not evolve. My curiosity was if I was to evolve anyways, why wouldn't I evolve more towards somebody that I really want in my life? So my number one criteria of a partner that was and that even is today is that they need to be growth oriented. They need to be a little bit crazy like me where they're uncomfortable with the pace of life. They need to push the edges, that they need to figure out how we can grow in a better, interesting way, that life is interesting to them. It's not something that was same as yesterday. So I want them to be curious like me. I want them to be growth centered like me. I want them to be interested and interesting like me. So if I was to attract a person that was growth oriented, what would be the characteristics of me that were even more pronounced? Well, I would be someone who is growth-oriented in every area of my life, that I'm interested and curious. It doesn't mean I'm successful in all of them. It simply means the direction of travel for me is always forward. And so I became more growth-oriented. I became more pronounced in my growth-orientedness by introducing it to all areas of my life, to staying curious towards, hey, listen, if I want love and I want relationship, am I growing in the category of relationships on how to do relationships better? If I am trying to attract somebody that is growth mindset oriented, am I consistently working on my own growth mindset? Asking those questions allowed me to lean into those characteristics that would attract someone that was growth oriented. The second question that I asked myself was, who am I right now? How do I show up right now? See, most of us have a very limited view of how we are showing up in the world because we only see how and what we are doing. We don't see how the world sees us. What happens when you show up in a party, when your friend, when your client shows up in a party? How is it that the world perceives them? How are they dressed? How are they taking care of themselves? How are they presenting themselves? How are they showing up in the world? How are they showing up at different conversations? 
Once you start to view yourself as an outsider or even ask for opinion from somebody that is on the outside and ask them, hey, how do I show up for you? How does that look when you see me in this light? You suddenly have a different view of yourself. You suddenly realize that things that you thought were funny actually could be offensive. This is a true story, by the way, for me, that often things that I was saying that were hilarious to me only because I started asking questions outside as to how do I show up? I realized that they were offensive to people that I was saying them to. I wasn't trying to be offensive, but I was being offensive. Interesting. So I found something about me, and this is one of many things that I found about myself, but I started to find things about myself that were interestingly different than how I perceived them to be. So ask your client, how does the world see you? Not how do you see you? How does the world see you? How are you being perceived in the world outside? Because sometimes it is possible that how you are showing up from your point of view is different than how you're being seen from the outside point of view. It is important for us to notice and have the awareness of how the world sees us. Because if you were to attract the right partner, they would look at that characteristic and they would go, not for me. If I was being offensive to certain people, an effort to be funny, and I thought it was funny, but my partner is outside of me. They look at me and they look at me exactly how the other individuals are seeing me, which is a person that will, for a laugh, offend somebody else. Suddenly, my lens on that particular category of humor that I was using changed. And it was for the right reasons. I anyways would have changed that if I had that realization. But because now I was interested in people being able to see me in my brightest light, because the person that I want to attract needs to see me in my brightest light and I need to see them in their brightest light for us to have that real first interaction to be attracted towards me and then we'll discover all our darknesses and lights. But first is to see each other's light. But if we can't even see each other's light because of these different shadows that are being cast upon because of the perceptions of the outside world, because of us lack of understanding of our own self, how is it that we will attract the right partner? They will only see our shadows. They will never get to see our light. So second part is ask yourself, how am I showing up right now? That brings me to the third question we must ask to our clients, which is what are the characteristics, skills, and attitudes that I need to work on to bridge that gap? I'm a funny person, but there was a thing that I would do that would be making fun of somebody else thinking that they are in, in the joke with me, right? That was my perception of it. I was like, oh, we are both in this joke that we are cracking about you. I realized it was offending them. I realized that sometimes it was really hurtful to them. And because now I understood that's what's happening, I was like, okay, how do I bridge that gap? How do I become more mindful of not offending the person, right? How do I become more mindful and aware of still maintaining my humor, but not being offensive? And I found ways around it. I actually became funnier because I turned the lens instead of joking about them, I started joking about myself. And because I'm joking about myself, I know I am in the joke, right? I am definitely in. I am actually excited about that joke. I'm not offending anyone. I'm not negotiating with myself. I am not taking away a characteristic of mine. I am making it more congruent to something that is actually way brighter as a light of me, right? So I'm not negotiating and changing myself to fit the model of the world. I am changing the model of myself to fit a better version of myself. Right? But you need to be able to identify those gaps, those characteristics, those ideas. And then you say, okay, what is it that I need to refine for me to be able to really attract the person that would be excited about me? 
That brought me to the fourth question. Once I was clear about what kind of characteristics would be attractive to my partner, how am I being seen and perceived in the outside world? Once I was clear on building on those gaps and characteristics, the fourth question I asked myself and I asked my clients is, where is it that your ideal partner will go and hang out? Where would they be going? What would they be doing in the world outside? See, if I'm looking for somebody that is growth-centered and growth-minded oriented, they're not in a club in Vegas, right? They might be at a personal growth seminar. They might be at a business seminar. They might be at a business intensive. They might be in a small group coaching program. They might be a coach themselves. These would be individuals that would be growth-centered oriented. These would be people that are always working on themselves. They might be an entrepreneur going to an entrepreneurial event. And that's where I would want to go to find this person. See, once you know what kind of person you're looking for and you're clear about that, and you're working towards becoming more pronounced in your highlights so this person can see you when you are in your brightest light, you'll find it's much easier to find this person. You'll find it's much easier to connect with several people that may fit the criteria of that ideal person for you. And that brings me to the final question. And I think this is probably the most important question because usually somebody who's looking for love struggles with this one. And that is, would this ideal partner love me if I didn't love myself? Now, that question is an important one because it's much difficult to show up from a place of love when we don't love ourselves. And when you don't show up from a place of love, it's really hard to attract love. So ask yourself, ask your clients, ask your friends, do you love yourself? And how do you make sure that you love yourself? That you have expressed all the love that you could to yourself? Because without that self-love, it would be a little hard for you to find your one true love. The challenge that you would face as a coach, the challenge that I face as a coach is often these individuals are struggling so hard with love, are struggling so much with love that they have lost trust and faith in love. They've lost trust and faith in themselves. They've lost trust and faith in their capacity and their capability to love. And this is why self-love may be a place to start with your clients because if they don't believe it, because it's going to happen, we can try all the strategies, we can give them all the playbooks, we can give them all the tools, but they won't be able to find the love because they don't believe it can happen. And because we don't believe that it will happen, we resist some of these ideas. We resist finding clarity towards who is it that we even want. When I ask my clients, hey, who's it that you want? What's the kind of partner that you're looking for? Often they give me characteristics. They'll be, you know, this hair, this height, this physique. And I go, you're telling me the physical traits of the person. I'm asking, what kind of person would this be? One of the simplest ideas is to look for either one really dominant characteristic and be the end all be all. Like I said, for me, it was growth centeredness. That's the number one item that I need from them. If they do not fit that criteria, I'm not interested in the person. But then I also wrote down several other sub-characteristics. There's a coach that suggests a wonderful exercise. It's a little hard to do, but it's doable. And it might be a good one to do with your clients is to have your clients write down 50 characteristics they want in their partner. 50 good characteristics that they want in their partner. 50 characteristics that they do not want in their partner. And then 50 characteristics in you that will be attractive to this partner. This is about 150 characteristics to write. But once you write that, you will have an absolute clarity of who is it that you're looking for? And having that sense of clarity would take away a lot of challenges because today's challenge is options. You say, oh, but there's so many people I could date. Well, if you're clear, they're not. 
because you become single focused. You know exactly who you're looking for. And because you know exactly who you're looking for, anybody that does not fit the criteria does not fit the criteria. That is not available. That's not an option anymore. And because it's not an option anymore, none of the dating sites are attractive to you. You're not confused by the abundance of choices around you because you're clear in what you want. You would be clear in what you want as a person if you knew your life's mission clearly. See, I know where I'm going. And so my partner needs to be in alignment with where I'm going. And it's the same for them. They know where they're going and I need to be in alignment with where they're going. And because we're both aligned to where each one of us are going, it's not difficult for us to make that choice every day. Because even when life gets tough and heck, it does get tough, both of us know that where my wife is going, she knows where I am going, and we are perfectly aligned to that. We both are mission-driven and we fit our characteristics. And the reason we are an unshakable, beautiful relationship is that, is because our foundation is strong. So to clearly define the characteristics of your partner would mean to clearly know where you are going in life. If you want to know where you're going clearly in life, you must love yourself. There is no other way to really find that out, is it? Until you love yourself, there is no way you can have a clear mission. Your mission will always be shaky. It will always be uncertain. You will always doubt yourself because you don't love yourself. Once you love yourself unconditionally, you will find a clear path. You will find a clear mission. You will find a clear purpose. And once you find a clear purpose, you know exactly what kind of partner will support that clear purpose. And to love yourself, you must believe that you're deserving of your own love and the love of others. And that's where probably most of the stories will start of your clients, where they may feel like they don't deserve love, that they can't have love. So let's lean into what is it that you can do with a client when they are consistently finding themselves struggling to find love or struggling to be in love or finding partners that are just not in congruence with them. Well, the first thing that you want to do is you want to see if they have a sense of clarity in their personal vision in life. In today's time, while we have the time, energy, resources, really understand each other, it's actually very unattractive for a man or a woman to meet someone that's not personally driven or have a vision of their own life. So that's the first sense of clarity that you want to help your client with. You want to help them find that personal vision if they're not clear on that. The second thing that you want them to do is help them identify what's the role of the right partner in their life. Why is it that they need a love partner? What is the role? How important is it? how crucial it is, what role would they play? What role would you play for them? Because this sense of clarity will help them understand what kind of partner is really the right partner for them. Then they want to answer the question of how they see themselves and their partners together. What's the together relationship that they aspire to create? It's not like the old times where the man defines relationship and it is a collaborative world that we live in, which is why you want to bring attention to both the parties that they need to know what is a relationship like? How do you want it to unfold? What is the expectations from it? You can't just lean into it and hope the other person to define it for you. You need to know what that relationship needs to look like. And that brings me to the next part, which is they need to really inquire as to what version of them, what part of them, what characteristics of them, what new identity of them is going to be the one that would really attract, really manifest that partner? And how would they start moving towards that version of themselves? How would they start exploring that version of themselves? How would they start creating that version of themselves? And lastly, you wanna ask them, hey, how are you gonna love yourself every day? Because it would be really hard for them to manifest a love partner if they don't love themselves. So 
man or woman, it doesn't matter. They need to be loving themselves, love the version of them that is, and love the version of them that will be. Because there is a new version of them that will unfold and unveil itself as they lean further and further into the characteristic, the persona of the person that is so attractive to the right partner. The real switch that we are really trying to do with our clients here is to get them to move from a disempowered mindset to an empowered mindset. See, when you have been uh, rejected in love a lot, when you have had a lot of bad relationships or no relationships, if you've felt that you're not an attractive persona or you have had that feeling for a long time, you've heard stories around, oh, you're 40, how will you find love? Or if you heard stories, something that are just disempowering stories in your current reality, you get into what I call a disempowered mindset. You start to believe, well, love's not possible for you or love's too difficult or love is just not available in the modern times or love doesn't last or there is no love or there's no love for you. These are all disempowered mindsets. And this is probably where your client is right now. They believe love is not for them. They are certain of it too. You need to bring them to an empowered mindset. You need to help them see that love is possible for them, that they are loved themselves. And that once they start loving themselves, once they get clear about who they are looking for, they will find love. And once they move from that disempowered mindset that is not helping them to create that beautiful, loving life, they will be more open to moving into an empowered mindset. And once they get into the empowered mindset, you will find that the manifestation of love is going to be quick and easy. Second key shift that we need to bring for them is to help them connect with their highest self. It's a little metaphysical, but when we connect to our highest self, the best version of us, we find that manifestation is actually real easy. And that's the place we need to get to. We need to get our clients to, is to connect with their highest self so they can manifest the love that is meant for them. Love is such an interesting topic, such an important topic. And so if this is something that is a topic that comes up for you or for your clients, I invite you to save this episode and re-listen to this episode for learning the structures and philosophies and ideas that were presented during this episode. To close out this episode, though, I want to remind you a few things that one must be mindful of when they are seeking love. The first thing which I've often seen these days, especially with my clients, is that very often when they end up in similar relationships again and again, they start to say, well, my partner was the problem, or here is another reason why this person is not the right person for me. Well, if that's happening with your client, maybe it is time for your client to consider that the problem might not be the person they were dating. The problem might be the relationship they have with themselves. And maybe that's the place where we need to start instead of looking at what are the external factors for you to be not able to find that love. Or maybe it is time for your client to stop looking for external factors and look for some internal factors of why something may not be working. The second thing to remember is nothing happens overnight. This is life. If you are going to manifest a partner, it's going to take time. You're going to become the version that needs to become to be able to attract the partner. You need to stay curious and interested in people. You need to stay curious and interested in meeting people, understanding them so you can manifest the partner that you really desire for your life. It's not going to happen overnight. It is not a Bollywood movie. You don't walk across the street and suddenly you look at somebody's eyes and go, this is love. Love is not that simple. Love is more complicated than that. And if we can keep that in mind, we would keep this also in mind that manifesting love takes time. Which brings me to the final part, and that is once love is found. Once you find the love, once you find that perfect partner, a lot of us think, now life will be easy. I found the one that I love. 
And yes, it might be easy for the first year, maybe even the second year. But after that, love is work. Like anything else, you are with another person. They are going to grow. You are going to grow. They are going to change. You are going to change. And if you don't do the work with them, alongside with them, it is very possible how quickly you found love is how quickly it'll end. So know that when you help a client find love, that's just the place to start. Ongoing love is an equal amount of work. Love is beautiful and all of us must find someone to love in our lives and be in love with someone in our lives. It is one of the most beautiful experiences of life and I would really encourage us all to support each other in finding that loved one. And with that, I invite you to share this episode with anyone that might be looking for love, a coach that might be helping people looking for love. If you have been enjoying the techniques that I've been sharing, hit the follow button on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on so you can get a notification every time we post a new episode. One of my favorite things is when coaches use these techniques that I share here on this podcast and use it in their coaching practice, actually help people using these techniques and share with me how they used it. So if you took something from this episode and you used it with a client and it worked, share with me in the review section below. I'd love to hear how you have been using these techniques that I share in the podcast in your coaching life. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Coach Ajit and you're listening to Master Coaching with Ajit. Oh,